podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Across the Pond Sports Podcast. It's the end. The end is nigh. Um, Super Bowl is over, um, as is the season. Buccaneers win. And yeah, me and Katie are going to have one last show here um, before we close out the season. Obviously, we still have uh, our NBA coverage um, on this podcast. Um, so keep a keep in tune with us for that um, as the NBA starts to hoss up um, after after an, an all-star game that isn't going to happen. Um, do get us on social media across the pond sports podcast on Instagram and on Facebook at ATP sport on clubhouse and at ATB sports pod on Twitter. Um, so you can get us on all those social media platforms and drop us a message as always, um, once you've listened to the show, please feel free to go on to Apple or wherever. Um, give us a five-star review. That'd be awesome. Um, also, drops feedbacks into us as well so we can see what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong. Um, do get in touch on um, social media, as I say. Um, we do still have Across the Pond NHL podcast, which is doing particularly well, especially here in the UK. It's been very popular. Um, so you guys in the US and Canada, come on, keep listening. Um, need to, to build you up as well. Um, it's going really well. Chris and Josh are doing a great job, and they have a guest this week um, from the Minnesota Wild. Um, I nearly said Timberwolves with my NBA head on, uh, but in Minnesota Wild, um, they have uh, the um, guest on there, um, so that's going to be awesome. Um, and next Monday, myself and Ryan, I will be back on the NBA show, and myself and Ryan have a very special guest who I am very, very happy to have on um, from the Utah Jazz. Um, I'll announce it on socials um, probably just before the weekend, uh, but I, can I say, just so happy um, that we have someone from the Utah Jazz coming on. Um, As everyone knows, I am a Utah Jazz fan since like the early 90s, so I am exceptionally happy um, to get her take on not just the Utah Jazz, um, but also whatever all the rest of the, the kind of big stories uh, that are happening in the NBA as well. Um, as I say, this is going to be our last kind of NFL show until probably the draft. Um, Katie will be back for that. Um, and then obviously we'll do our big kind of lead into the, to the new season once it comes around as well. So enjoy this episode uh, with myself and Katie. Um, I am sure she's going to jump on the NHL podcast at some point as well. Uh, but um, listen out for that. Um, we do still have coming very soon uh, across the pond major league. Um, that's in the works at the moment. We're we're starting to put that together. Um, so do listen out for that when that comes around as well. Um, other than that, um, enjoy the show. And uh, here's Katie. So by now, you've heard James and Katie from the NFL show talking about Clubhouse, telling you to follow them on Clubhouse. And what is Clubhouse? Clubhouse is the latest social media app to to take the world by storm. Katie's going to be offering a brand new 
Clubhouse Workshop coming up on Friday. You've heard the talk. You're ready to use it to generate free leads for your business. You know, Clubhouse is more than an app. It's a thought leadership tool that you can use to build and engage with an audience that's hungry for what you have to say. If you're ready to learn more about Clubhouse, go ahead and head to katiebrinkley.com slash clubhouse and sign up for the workshop today. Okay, so the Super Bowl has been and gone, but what happened before the Super Bowl, on the eve of the Super Bowl, was the awards ceremony. Now, the awards ceremony this year, as you can imagine, was done virtually um, due to COVID restrictions and last thing you want to do is have people flying around the place um, all into to one place to keep spreading that coronavirus. Um, so this year's it was all done by Zoom. So you had um, the winners all kind of coming in um, on this kind of Zoom call. There were some unsurprising winners, I, I think you'd have to say, Katie. Um, I think if we look at the MVP um, to, to start with, I think that was pretty much a dead cert that that was going to be Aaron Rodgers, wouldn't you say? Uh, yeah, I think that Aaron Rodgers, this was this was his um, to, I guess, kind of to lose. He he started the season strong and he never let off the gas like some of those other guys did. I mean, we were talking about Russell Wilson at the beginning of the year because he had a fantastic start to his season and then he started having some hiccups, um, I think. Josh Allen maybe could have been a strong consideration, but he, again, he had a couple weak games. Aaron Rodgers just, just was just stellar week in and week out. And it, it really just uh, makes perfect sense to me as to why he got it. There's uh, looking at who won everything. I feel like, yeah, this makes sense. It's nothing where I'm like, Ooh, that's that they totally, you know, snubbed so-and-so it was you know, that he played way better. I think that this was uh most they got most every single award right on this year. I think he showed consistency, and I think that was the key, the key part. Um, we mentioned at the beginning of the season that he would come out playing angry because the Green Bay Packers had drafted a quarterback, and that definitely you would have to say lit a fire under his ass, and and he just he just went for it. I mean, he we mentioned all season that he was playing angry and. I think towards the end of the season, he actually probably mellowed out somewhat. And he, he, he but he still, he still had that intensity that, that he was going out with. So, um, and I think a couple of times we've seen a different kind of attitude from him as well. Yeah, and I mean, the guy only had five interceptions all year. That's crazy. Um, you know, Patrick Mahomes. I think that he was kind of the early favorite, but the the consistency that Aaron Rodgers showed, you know, and and like I said. Starting with week nine, he went for 75% of his, he completed 75% of his passes, you know, only had, uh, I think, three interceptions after week nine. So, I mean, the guy just played out of his mind. And um, yeah, like I said, I think that maybe just them drafting a quarterback made him really mad. And he ended up putting up one of his best seasons. And uh, he's now a three-time MVP. Yeah, he, he did. He had such a good season and 48 pass touchdowns. I mean, he led the NFL. Um, can't say much more about him. People like to watch Rodgers play. He's, he's quite methodical in the way he plays. So it really worked for him this year. Um, a player who 
isn't so much finesse, but more pulling a chain shop as, as Derek Henry. Um, he won Offensive Player of the Year. He was he was named well. He was kind of named a few times through the season as as being a potential MVP um, candidate. He won the Offensive Player of the Year. Um, three hundred ninety-seven total um, touch touches uh, for him. Um, that's that's a lot, but he had a lot of yards to back that up, beating two thousand yards. Um, that doesn't happen very often. Um, and he every week um, he was on when he was on Good Morning Football. It was always because he was doing those angry runs um, that um, is done one of the segments that they do. And I mean, he won it nearly every week because he would run through three, four, five guys, and he would just. I mean, they'd be. Cl- dragging at his heels and he'd still be still be running so um this for me was definitely one that was warranted especially if he wasn't going to win mvp because i did think he was in the conversation um he's definitely a player that could win an mvp in the future surely yeah and i think that he like you said he ran mad he played consistently all year he got over 2100 yards which he's the only the eighth player to do that so and it's been a long time since we've seen a running back get over 2,000 yards in the season. Um, a lot of there's a lot of running back by committees now, and just seeing this strong, fast lead back is something that you you don't really see anymore. So I, I agree. I think that he absolutely was in the the overall MVP uh, conversations. I'm really glad that he got the offensive MVP award because he ran hard and and fast and strong and mad all season long. And um, I think it's really something to uh, to pay attention to that there are still those lead backs that can carry their team and have those strong outputs um, throughout the whole season. And uh, there's still a lot of value in this type of a running back um, in the league. Um, another player that did well, but on the defensive side, um, defensive player of the year, for a third time is Aaron Donald uh, for the Rams. Um, he again had a, a pretty good season. It's a season where the Rams didn't do well offensively and, and hence why they've had some changes at the quarterback position um, since the season ended. But Aaron Donald, he just shows how consistent he is every week and quarterbacks do not like going up against them. He hit 28 quarterback hits this year. Um so that's 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 going to hurt quarterbacks, and they next year will be obviously looking out for him again. And but can they stop Aaron Donald? Because I mean, he's won it three years in a row now. Yeah, three three of the last four seasons, Aaron Donald has got Defensive Player of the Year. That is just incredible, and it's from a guy that lines up typically, you know, on the inside of the ball. So he's not an outside lineman or or a linebacker or anything like that. Where he's trying to typically battle between two guys to get to the, to get to the quarterback. So he's a a very special player and someone that's, it's great to watch him play. Um, I think that he had four um, forced fumbles, one fumble recovery, 14 tackles, you know, 28 hits on the quarterback, 13 and a half sacks. So, I mean, the guy just really took control of, uh, the defense or of the, yeah, the defense and their, their presence every time that he took the field. I think that, like you said, the Rams, they could have had a little bit better offensive play uh, to match the way that the, the talent that they have on their defense. 
poof, there's no telling how far this team could go. But um, yeah, 2021, there'll be a new man at the quarterback position for them. So maybe this is a good time to start buying your your <laughs> LA Rams gear um, because I think that they're really going to be a good team next year with with having Aaron Donald and a lot of those guys on defense and now trying to fill some of the holes on offense. And now if we switch across to the other side of LA, which is the Chargers, um, a guy that probably in week one was thinking, I'm going to be sitting on the bench all season, riding the pine. I'll maybe get a few snaps here and there. Um, fate would have it in week two, Tyrod Taylor would take a, a needle in the lung and have it punctured and be out for a couple of weeks. And Justin Herbert stepped up and showed one absolute awesome quarterback he was, is, and the Chargers have got a franchise quarterback and he just won offensive rookie of the year as well, which really solidifies that, that tag. Um, I do, I do wonder though, if, if Joe Burrows had still been around, um, not that he wouldn't have won it, but there would have been a bit more competition for it. Yeah, I think that it would have been, it's too bad that Joe Burrow did end up getting hurt because he was having, despite the, you know, wins and losses that that, that they had, um, more losses than, than wins for the Bengals. But I think that he really gave a lot of hope and excitement around that Bengals team. And when he got hurt, it really was Justin Herbert's uh, title to lose. Like you said, he, he came in. Um, probably not expecting to play. They probably were, weren't expecting to have him play. Um, they, this was probably going to be Tyrod Taylor's year, but uh, that punctured lung ended up setting him back a couple weeks and Justin Herbert took full advantage of that opportunity. So I think that um, that's great that he uh, was able to step up. He, he now has the rookie uh, touch, touchdown record with 31. So he threw for most touchdowns by a rookie ever um and he's the the chargers have their their future they have their future quarterback if they're going to be set and they have someone that they can build that offense around we talked um quite a lot um, especially towards the end of the season about the washington football team's defense and how the past defense was was the best in the league um chase young was a big part of that he wins defensive rookie of the year um he just looks like he is just full of energy and just wants to get at quarterbacks and just wants to to shut down the um the offense he's definitely a player that washington will, uh, certainly on the defensive side will need to build around um over the next couple of years if they can do it right and they can get their offense sorted out i mean they're they're I'll say they were a playoff team this year, obviously by default, um, but they could be a, an actual playoff team in years to come. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, I've been hard on the Washington footballers all year, but Have you? with. I never noticed. Yeah, yeah, yeah been a little, been a little, just, just, just a little bit tough on them. And I think that, uh, you know, Chase Young, he was taken second overall, and man, he, he took full advantage of his, uh, of his opportunity to, to really be the guy um, on that defensive side of the ball. He had a great year and, you know, he, 
had seven and a half sacks as a rookie. That's incredible. Um, so I think that if we're probably going to be talking about him for a long time and it's probably going to be him and Aaron Donald, you know, who's going to be winning that defensive player of the year because he, as a rookie, um, Chase Young's just going to get faster and stronger and um, learn even more as, as he grows. So I think that this is, it, he's going to be an exciting player to watch there in Washington for a while. And one player that um, will be glad to be back after having a, a gruesome leg injury in 2018, um, still with sticking with Washington, um, Alex Smith in week five uh, took to the field for the first time in like two years. Um, he wins comeback player of the year um, and totally earned because he was probably the only bright spark of, of that Washington offense. Um, he, he came on full of confidence and and there was no kind of hesitation he didn't he didn't necessarily play particularly brilliantly all the time um there was obviously a lot of rust to kind of fall off um but you'd have to say i mean he certainly put himself about there and made sure that he was the the kind of number one quarterback and washington did have some issues at the quarterback um, position this year with injuries and releasing players and everything else so alex smith how many years do you think he's got left in him? Can he can he continue for another couple? Oh man, I mean, I I don't know if from his family's side of things if I would want him to continue that much longer. I mean, the guy almost died um, from an infection that he had from that from that leg injury, and it's a, what an amazing story that he came back and he was a starter for a couple weeks and but. I don't think that that's what uh, Ron Rivera has in mind that of building a team around him. Um, maybe one more year where he can be, um, you know, the starter while they if they draft someone and are able to kind of build the team around uh, that guy, that whoever they draft. But I think that I, I would I would like to just see him play for maybe one more year because. Uh, he has so much to be thankful for, and there there is lots for him to do outside of being on the football field um, as as a player. I mean, maybe he could you know try and be a coach or a scout or uh, go up to the broadcast booth. But I think that um, just for my own sanity, and I think if, if if I were him or his family, I would want him to maybe only have one more year. You did it. You were the comeback player of the year. You, you showed us all that you could do it and your determination is something else, but um, let's just be thankful for what we have and that you're still here. Yeah. Um, I remember when he, when he stepped onto the field and people were like, Oh wow, this, this is Alex Smith. He's, he's back. And Oh, he's good. He's going to take a snap. What's this going to be like? Um, and he, yeah, like I said before, he started off slow, but it was just so good. And it was such a feel-good story for for all the trials that that um, the Washington football team were going through. Um, it was probably nice for them to have this kind of good news story um, of Alex Smith coming onto the field, and and having a, a pretty decent season, especially towards the end. Um, he, he was doing pretty well. Um, another team that did particularly well all season long and was a shock to most, including myself and I think you as well, Katie was the Cleveland Browns. Um, Coach of the Year, Kevin Stefanski, um, has picked up that award. Um, he's done something that no one has been able to do for quite some time for the Cleveland Browns and take them to the playoffs. 
Yeah. And I mean, are the Vikings going to regret letting him get away? Because um, yeah, the, the Browns went a lot further than the Vikings did this year. I, I think it's, it's really exciting. You know, I feel bad for, for Browns fans. I mean, they've, they've been bad for so long. You can't help but kind of be happy for them um, that they are winning games and that there is uh, there is a good coach. They have a, a decent quarterback. They have so many weapons on both offense and defense. I mean, like it only took them two decades of, of drafting, but they're finally there. And um, I think that Kevin Stefanski, I'm so glad that he got it. Um, this, the, the coach of the year award. I think that he had a lot to prove and, and he did it. He, he took this, the Browns, the Cleveland Browns to the second round of the playoffs. So I think that um, any guy that does that deserves to, to get coach of the year. Yeah, I think, um, he took the league by storm. He has instilled a quiet confidence in Baker Mayfield. So we haven't seen this kind of bravado we've seen in the last couple of years from him. And I think that's really worked. And, you know, he's got some big egos in there that he was dealing with. Um, Odell Beckham Jr., to name one. Um, obviously lost him quite early on in the season. But still, he was still having to manage that. Um, so I, I say well done to him. Um, and I think the Browns our playoff team kind of moving forward because they keep him at the helm um, and build on what they've done this year. And they've got a good couple of years in them. Um, The next award um, is the Walter Payton man of the year award. Um, This year it went to Russell Wilson um, quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks. Um, Just to explain what this award is about. um, It's given to someone who um, does something within the community um, that they're in um, for Russell Wilson um, his commitment to Seattle Children's Hospital um, which began in his rookie year when he was in Seattle um, and on his social justice work um, so he's he's involved in a lot I think the Seattle Children's Hospital is, is the, the kind of main big one um, that he's got this for because he does so much good work with them um, and I, I believe and I've seen some pictures where he's, he just turns up um, and he'll just have gifts and I think you always hope that sportsmen and women will, will do this kind of thing and, and just kind of show up in their community and, and kind of do something I remember years ago watching Shaquille O'Neal um, when he was in LA he just turned up with an arctic lorry full of toys um, to give out in the neighborhood um, so that kind of thing um, is what you win this award for um, and fair play to to Russell Wilson, he's been in Seattle a long time. I think the Seahawks fans love him. I think Seattle loves him um, just because he's quite a he's quite a, a gentleman, as you might say in England. Um, I'll say that rather than Katie because she'll put on a funny accent. But um, but there there was really no one else that that could really win this award this year other than him. I, I there was a lot of a lot of candidates. It was like a candidate from each team. Um, but I think his, his kind of stood out just because of the longevity of what he's been doing. Yeah, I think that, you know, Russell, Russell Wilson is, is, a, is a stand-up guy and um, it's always hard kind of picking like, well, who is the best guy? Who gives back to the community the most? Because what the, all these guys do that are nominated is outstanding and um, it's, it's too bad that only one person gets it because um, there are a lot of guy, players out there that are giving back to their communities um, in some really tremendous ways. But um, I'm glad Russell Wilson got it. And uh, he's, he's been giving to that charity for a while now. And um, I'm glad that he's being recognized. 
Yeah, no, it's really good. Um, and it's actually such a good award. And I think more sports leagues, um, different sports leagues have different named it differently, but um, they have a similar type of award. And I think it's a real positive one that I think leagues should probably promote more um, as well. Um, but moving on to the clutch performance play of the year. Now, I hail this as the Hail Murray. Now, NFL.com and other outlets have also called this Hale Murray. Um, so Kyler Murray's um, pass to DeAndre Hopkins um, in the dying seconds against the Bills in week 10 um, for the touchdown. Um, everyone's still on my Hale Murray. Or is, was it just not that original? <laughs> I guess it wasn't that original. I thought that, you know, I heard you say it, but I mean, it's, I mean, it makes perfect sense, James. I mean, we just have that many listeners to the podcast that um, NFL.com is actually like, oh man, James Scott, that's a brilliant idea. That's what I'm going to call it. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. But yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I think that um, it was a great, it was a great play. Um, and, you know, it, unfortunately it was kind of the last, you know, hurrah for the Cardinals before they kind of started their downward spiral. But um, yeah, that, that, that was a great toss and a, an even better catch because, you know, for crying out loud, DeAndre Hopkins was just swarmed by Bills players and he still came down with it. So that was an awesome, um, awesome throw, an amazing catch. And the Hail Murray lives on. Indeed it does. And um, I'm sure we'll see more from him when he's fully fit um, next season. And um, we have had some injury issues towards the end of the season, which is why they he took a bit of a slump. Um, one that Katie will love to talk about is the fantasy player of the year, um, going to Josh Allen of the Bills. Um, Josh Allen was an absolute beast all, all season. He was another player that was talked about um, at one point for MVP. Um, he's, did he, he was in your fantasy team, I believe. Yeah, in one, one of my leagues. That, that was the, he was my quarterback and it's, he was so fantastic to have um, because he was doing it through the air and uh, on the ground. So we haven't really seen a, a player because Lamar Jackson, man, that guy can run. Lamar Jackson's a runner, but uh, doesn't really put up a ton of passing yards. So it's it was really exciting to have Josh Allen on, on my fantasy team because he was still putting up like maybe 250, 300 passing yards, but then also... 80 to 100 yards on the ground. So um, from a fantasy standpoint, it was really exciting to have him. As a Denver Bronco fan standpoint, it was really sad that he was not on our team. So, I thought, I thought that might be, might be the case. Um, yeah. one, one award that surprises me um, in terms of the NFL is the celebration of the year. Because a few years back, um, there was lots of restrictions on how you could celebrate and all the rest of it. Now they have lifted, I think the majority of those, and they still do have like a couple of sensible ones. Like you can't take your shirt off kind of thing, which is fair enough. Um, Cause you know, you don't want to scare kids. Um, but Chase Claypool's touchdown um, in week 10 um, against Jacksonville was a 31 yard touchdown, a reception from Ben Roethlisberger took the prize um, and was a, a big win and probably all Pittsburgh were going to win this year, right? You know, it was really interesting to see them actually have an award for celebration of the year, because like you said, there was 
there was no celebrations just a couple of years ago. Um, and as far as celebrations go, I've, I don't know, I've seen, seen some that are better, I think. I don't know. I, I, I guess because it wasn't just a whole bunch of defensive players running down to the TV at the other end zone and like smiling and waving their arms around. Um, that, that, you know, sure, yeah, that probably is the celebration of the year because I feel like the only thing we other celebrations we saw were the team photo um, of whenever a defensive player would intercept the ball in front of a TV screen. So, yeah, it was it was nice to see the NFL kind of relax a bit more and have a, an actual award for it. Um, probably have seen some better ones, but um, I think. I think all season he'd, he'd done some pretty spectacular ones. There was one he, he just totally ran down the, the tunnel, which was this one, and then there was, there's been a few others um, where he's just kind of went off kilter and just disappeared. Um, so, no, it was, it was good to see uh, the NFL kind of relax a bit. And, you know, sometimes it's good to poke fun at yourselves, and I think that's something that the NFL haven't done very well um, over the last, well, since Roger Goodell got there. Uh, <laughs> Uh, what we'll do is we will take a, a short break and we will talk about the Super Bowl itself. And we'll also announce who had the closest score um, between the guests that we had on last week. Um, and if any of those crazy predictions that we had came in. Um, but we'll be right back after this. Okay, so we are back. Now, Katie, um, the halftime show was obviously a little bit different because of COVID and, you know, there was restrictions and, and whatever else. I'm going to be honest, I was a little freaked out um, by the halftime show. Um, seeing people with masks and full face masks, not just the, the over the mouth, um, and these red eyes um, staring at me. I went to my kitchen and cooked some food. I'm going to be honest because that kind of scared me. Um, what's it? Yeah, it's hard to kind of judge this this halftime show against previous ones because of COVID and, and the restrictions that we're under. But was it okay? I was kind of, I kind of let down. Okay, so I am a fan of the weekend's music. So for me, I enjoyed listening to the music. Now, am I a fan of the plastic surgery that he has had and the weird dancers with the jockstraps over their faces? No, I was not a fan of that. Um, but... I think all things considered with, you know, having people need to be like socially distanced for the dancers and wearing masks. Um, I think they did the best that they could with it. And uh, I thought that the weekend sang, sang well. I, like I said, I like, I like his music. So for me, I, I enjoyed the halftime show. It was not like what we've seen in years past. I, I actually liked that it was just him singing instead of having like four different surprise other musicians pop in for some collaborations and stuff like they have been doing. So I actually thought it wasn't too bad. Again, some weird dancers and weird masks and stuff. Um, but I enjoyed the music. Okay. Nat didn't enjoy the music and I, I quite like it when they have like surprise guests and it kind of goes a bit kind of mental. Um, Cause usually the crowd goes mental as well in the stadium. And when somebody kind of just pops up, uh, so yeah, I can, I can enjoy that. But um, talk about the atmosphere and, and crowds going mental. And um, when you looked on TV, um, it actually looked like a full stadium. 
because as well as having fans, they had all these cardboard cutouts. And when they did like a long shot, a wide angle shot from, from like the rafters or whatever, it actually looked like it was a full stadium. Um, and there was obviously a lot of fans there. There was, what, 25,000 fans there. So um, there was plenty there. And there was plenty of noise. And it, for me, it felt like a real football game, finally, after how many weeks of, of football. Yeah, I'm right there with you. It, I guess you could buy one of the cardboard cutouts for $100 and then you'd be registered for a drawing for next year's like tickets or season tickets or like for next year's Super Bowl. So I, great idea. And it, it did look like it was a full stadium. I'm curious as to how it really sounded there because I mean, on TV, it sounded, sounded kind of like a Super Bowl because the, the piped in crowd noise with the uh, additional real live crowd noise. But um, I thought that, you know, the, the fans, uh, the cardboard cutouts, that was a really cool idea. I kind of wish I would have heard about it sooner so that I could have bought one. Um, but I think that we're, we're all just trying to navigate these weird COVID times and make the best of it. And I thought that the NFL did a great job with that. And, and Tampa, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, because they're the hosts, they did a great job with that, too. Yeah, they really did. Now, talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers being the home team, um, first time ever that uh, a Super Bowl's been in a, a city where one of the finalists are there, and uh, they won, thirty-one to nine. And um, I think it's the first time in in his career that Patrick Mahomes hasn't scored double digits. Um, I think it was one of the crazy stats I've seen. Um, before we get quite into the game, I will say John Murray last week got the closest um, to the correct score. There was only me and him that took the bucks, so it was only really going to be between me and him. Um, he got closest, and of all the crazy predictions that we had, there was only one that came back as, as actually happening. Now, there was a couple of times there could have been a safety, so Craig Nichol was, was kind of almost close with that one. Um, you went for tails and it ended up being heads for the coin toss, so that was a loser. Um, and also you had the, the Kansas City Chiefs winning at halftime. Um, no, I the, had the Bucks winning at halftime, oh, the, winning, the Chiefs Bucks. winning overall. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Um, so that went down like a lead balloon. Um, however, however, I guessed that the Gatorade colour would be blue. And it was blue. And I was over the moon. I was like, yes. Because um, <laughs> the weird thing was over here, I don't know if, the, if you had the same feed, we didn't get to see it initially over here. So I had to go and watch it online <laughs> um, to actually see it. Because um, they cut what back to the studio. What colour is the Gatorade? <laughs> exactly. Um, even even John, John was messaging me like, did you see the colour of the Gatorade? I was like, no. He was like, oh, neither of that. And then he just went, oh, well. <laughs> um, so thanks for that, John. Um, but yes, it was blue, so I'm over the moon. Um, on to the actual game itself. 31-9, um, as I say, to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I have to say that Tampa were on it from the get-go. Brady was on top form. Um, the the running game was okay. It wasn't great. Um, but Fournette and Jones stepped up when they needed to. Um, and Gronkowski, oh my God, where did he come from? He, he, he saved his best for the Super Bowl. Why not? Might as well. I mean, it, we were, we've been talking all year about all the weapons that, that they have there in, in Tampa and, um, when the game mattered the most, 
Tom Brady found his security blanket and Rob Gronkowski and, you know, Gronk ended up having two TDs. So he, he was able to find the end zone twice. And, um, it's, it's, like I said, there's just so many weapons. They could, they could only cover so many of those guys. So, um, so yeah, I, I didn't see, I didn't, I mean, I didn't see the Buccaneers being that dominant on defense. I really didn't. Um, and, you know, in hindsight, looking back, I'm like, well, yeah, Eric Fisher was out and, you know, they were missing two of their, two of their linemen. And there was a lot of things that, that weren't going right for the, the chiefs. Um, but I just think it was so interesting that, that they just dominated so much. I mean, Patrick Mahomes was held without a touchdown. I mean, but that hasn't happened in, I think, two years. <laughs> that It was just shocking to me as to how dominant that Bucks defense was. And um, it was, I mean, we, we really, they've been talking about the Tampa Bay offense all year, but the Bucks defense, yeah, they're good. They're good. But they just completely, they showed up and they shut down uh, Patrick Mahomes and, you know, Tyree Kill. I mean, granted, Kelsey still had over 100 yards receiving, but he didn't get in the end zone. Tyree Kill, you know, he was still out there, but I think he only ended up with like 30 or 40 yards receiving, you know, and kept out of the end zone. They they played out of their mind, and um, I just really didn't see the Chiefs being stifled as much as they were. I thought that we'd, we'd see them come back in their typical comeback fashion that they do every time that they're down. doesn't matter if they're down by 20, 30, 40. They're going to come back and at least make it close. And they, they never even had the chance to do that. Yeah, they didn't. And the, the foot was kept on the neck. And one thing that, that has crossed my mind over the last kind of couple of days after the, the Super Bowl is we know that Patrick Mahomes is due to have surgery today um, on his turf toe. Um, there was a couple of times during the game that he, he did kind of hobble about and I do wonder if he had been fully fit, if this game would have been closer. I'm of the opinion that it probably would have been closer. However, I still think the Buccaneers were going to be too strong for for what the Kansas City Chiefs had to offer. Um, I think Edwards Alaire, I I was kind of disappointed. I kind of hoped he was going to give more, um, especially as Patrick Mahomes is, you know, hobbling around. Um, Because the last thing he wants to do is get sacked. And he was sacked like three times. Um, And there was a couple of times as well where he he ran back the way, like 20, 30 yards to run forward or and throw the ball away. So um, I think Mahomes had just too much to do. That Buccaneers defense was far too strong. And it it literally just walked through the, the, the offensive line. Um, and the offensive line was not there. There was obviously a lot of changes to the offensive line because um, of injuries. And I think I think they maybe changed things too much. Like they brought one guy in to, to play right guard, but then they moved the right tackle and the left tackle around and, and did all this weird stuff. So um, I think that probably has, because I think when you're a quarterback, you kind of trust your offensive line. And when those guys get moved around and stuff, it, it kind of throws things off and people are out of rhythm. And this is the biggest game of the year. And I think that that probably didn't help. So I think there was a number of factors going against Kansas City in this game, even before kickoff. Um, but at the same time, 
you have to give it to Brady and he did what Brady does. Um, Has he cemented the fact that he is the GOAT? Is that now just a non-question? I mean, I think so. I, I, I think that he is, he came to a new team and again, he had a lot of people follow him there similar to when Peyton came to Denver. If you're a good quarterback, people want to play with you and they see the potential of of winning a Super Bowl. And um, he came to that team and he, he won in his first year there. He's not retiring at any, at least not this year. And I think that, um, yeah, I think that he's probably going to go down as one of the, the best quarterbacks of all time. And it'll be a long time before we see another quarterback of this caliber come through. I think that, you know, we were all kind of expecting Patrick Mahomes to be that new guy um, to come and consistently be in the Super Bowl. And, and he has been in the Super Bowl too, the last, you know, the last past two years he's been there. Um, but I think that Tom Brady is, is going to be, go down as one of the, one of the greatest of all time. For sure. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt of that. Um, certainly for the moment, I think Mahomes is still one for the future, and I think he will still be in a number of, of Super Bowls. Um, I do think that he, I think Mahomes had to win this one to say that he'd at least beat Brady. Um, and obviously, it would then have given him two, um, which get gets him closer to six. So you, he had a lot of years in front of him, whereas seven, I don't know, it just seems. Seems a lot. Um, I mean, Brady's Brady's won a lot, and he's thirty. What since he was like 32, 33. So he has won the most, the majority of them, and they kind of prior, like past his prime almost. Uh, but he just keeps going, uh, and I, he is going to be back next year. Who do you think is going to join him? Uh, is he still going to have that supporting cast? Because that supporting cast is going to become a very expensive, and um, when it comes to the salary cap. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see who stays and who just wants to win and, and signs doesn't doesn't want to play for the money um, and who wants to play for the money. So it's because um, I, I mean we saw you know Le'Veon Bell when he was released from the Jets by who by the way I mean talk about a non-factor in the Super Bowl um, he maybe maybe Bell is done. Um, but yeah, that's neither here nor there. So I think that there's guys that just want to have the opportunity to play with someone like Tom Brady and they'll do it for a pay cut because they want to have that chance at the Super Bowl and a chance to play with greatness. So, um, I can see some guys willing to rework their salaries in order to stay in Tampa for at least one more year to play with Tom Brady and compete. Yeah, I think it's it's definitely one to, to keep an eye on just to see who resigns and, and who doesn't um, and just to see the kind of weapons that Brady's going to have. It might be that people take pay cuts and, and that's the way it's done. Um, and sometimes when you want to win a Super Bowl, you need to sacrifice and sometimes that comes in the money line. So um, I guess it depends on who's willing to do that and, and who's not. Um, that is our Super Bowl done. That's our season done, Katie. Um it's been a wild season for us. Um, it's it's been fun. I have to be honest. I've, I didn't think we would uh, do this much, but we've managed to get all the way to the Super Bowl. Get done. Um, any final thoughts? I can't believe that our our show is done, James. I can't wait for 
you know, the draft to come around so that we can record again and then training camp and then it's next season. But I will miss uh, our weekly recordings and our weekly calls. It's been, it's been a, fan, a fantastic season. It's been a fun season and it's been a really fast season. It went by a lot faster than I thought it would. So um, thanks again for, for finding me and allowing me the opportunity to be your co-host. And I can't wait for, I can't wait for next year. Yes, here is the next season. Um, have you got anything, finally, just to plug, anything going on this week? Um, I am, for those of you that are on Clubhouse, I have a uh, Clubhouse workshop coming up next Friday. If you're interested in joining and learning all things Clubhouse and how to optimize your bio, host your room, all that fun stuff, go to katiebrinkley.com slash Clubhouse. Awesome. Thank you so much, Kay. Thank you to Katie for giving up her whole season uh, to be on Across the Pond Sports Podcast. It has been an absolute pleasure to have her on um, and to find someone uh, with just such a great knowledge of the game, uh, the players, the coaches, and, and kind of the history. So um, it's been my pleasure to bring you guys um, the NFL this season. We will be back next season. And as I said before, on this particular podcast, uh, we will continue we're going to have the NBA coverage and we're also going to start doing interviews as well um, so that we can um, have some special guests to bring you in the world of sports so do listen out for those as well and um, you can get us on social media across the pond sports podcast on Instagram and on Facebook uh, on at Clubhouse at ATP Sports and on Twitter at ATP Sports Pod. I have to remember all those. Um, it's, it's tough for me. I'm, I'm getting old. Um, finally, um, Across the Pond NHL podcast. Don't miss that this weekend. And uh, we've got special guests from the Minnesota Wild. Um, so that's going to be awesome. Uh, and next Monday, uh, we have uh, on this stream, Across the Pond Sports Podcast. We have a guest from uh, the Utah Jazz, which I'm very much looking forward to. So please do join us for that um, and every other show that we put out. Uh, for the moment, though, thanks for joining us for the NFL season. And please do enjoy joining us each and every week uh, for the NBA and uh, NHL. Sports Social Podcast Network.